Welcome to CTO Coffee. Um, today I am talking to James Bedford. Um, James entered the tech industry in a non-traditional way. He started out working in construction before then switching to being a developer. Um, James has held several roles at several companies already. And since October 2019, he's working as an engineering manager at Monzo, the modern UK bank. And yeah. So welcome, James. Um, so great to have you here. Thanks, Benjamin. Good to be here. So you maybe want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so as you said, I'm James Bedford. Um, I live in the UK. I work at Monzo Bank, which is um, a digital-only bank. Um, I work primarily remote, um, but our offices are based in London. Um, and as you said, I had uh, not a particularly traditional route into the tech industry. So after school, I started off as a construction worker. Um, I did that for most of my early 20s before teaching myself to code through Free Code Camp. Um, started doing some freelance work, uh, some contracting before landing a couple of full-time jobs um, as a front-end developer. That led me on to meeting an engineering team at a company called Mango Solutions. Um, and from there, I applied to Monzo. Um, I've been at Monzo for eight months as an engineering manager. Yeah. So this whole topic of, um, yeah, let's say non-traditional routes into tech is, um, I believe, quite quite dear to your heart. Um, you just recently um, um, started sending out a newsletter again, if I like read that correctly. Yes. Um, yeah, that's right. Which I can recommend very much. Been a subscriber from um yeah thank you how do you say episode no not not episode but from <laughs> edition edition one. number one yes yeah edition one um so yeah i think you maybe want to share a little bit about your perspective there like yeah. what um, yeah sure i think that would be interesting so um i guess i feel so passionate about this topic because when i was sort of teaching myself i was meant I was met with some resistance regarding specifically people that didn't necessarily have a computer science degree. Um, university was never something that was on the table for me. Um, so I found that I found that quite um, challenged to deal with, I guess, when I was attempting to make this journey into tech and being told that that was something that potentially could hinder me. Um, even though I managed successfully to, to break into the industry, it's some an attitude that I still see today. Um, and generally, I feel quite passionate about at least standing up for people that haven't had a traditional route into the industry, because um, it can be done. And we should be offering more support to these people that maybe are being put off um, by some more traditional views. Uh, and this, I focus my newsletter around this diversity in tech, as well as helping people make that journey and break into the industry yeah um yeah as as i'm i'm helping teams to to yeah recruit um to grow and all, all that so so this is also like a very interesting topic for me um 
from from your point of view like when when you say you try to help people like what is like your i don't know number one advice maybe or what is like the typical thing that you tell someone who yeah tries to enter the industry from a non-traditional route like how how can they yeah make their contribution better understood like um yeah so typically and i i used to when i used to mentor people that were going through this journey um there was always the same sort of topics and themes that came up and the same problems that people were having is that if people hadn't gone to university they found it harder to showcase a body of work when they started applying for jobs um so i always say to people one project or one fully completed project that you've put a lot of time and effort into um as well as actively sort of um contributing to open source projects is the best way to build that showcase of work that you can do um i don't think certainly i wasn't aware of open source when i was sort of making that journey myself and as i've gone further i've understood how much potential there is for people to use that to build a showcase of work that they can use to get into the industry um as well as that i guess my advice for people making that journey is just to have done your research before you start and have a good understanding of the lay of the land in regards to what software what programming languages you need to learn to focus on the area that you want to i see so many people that maybe haven't come from university that are teaching themselves to code that think that programming languages are something to collect so you learn to do something with one and then move on to the other um it doesn't necessarily work like that i tell people to do the research so if you want to be a front end developer html css javascript and to really focus on building the fundamentals without worrying too much about moving off onto learning something else i think that's my advice um i give to a lot of people now pretty cool pretty yeah i i can imagine that um yeah if i would sit in an interview like interviewing someone and they would be able to yeah like you said show off their yeah. one thing um that they did um that already would make a lot yeah. of difference yeah I, i i do see that people are maybe hold back from applying for a junior role because they don't have a portfolio of projects and the average person isn't going to have time to make five six seven projects from start to finish it just is not realistic um so if you can put your effort into one thing that you can utilize and showcase um and show people what you can do um that's my ultimate advice for people that are starting out cool very very good um yeah so we kind of got to know each other um because um via your colleague Sally Sally Late um who um appeared on another podcast which I've kind of forgotten the name for sorry Sally um and there she um she mentioned that um Monzo does a lot of um or I don't know if it's a lot but um that you do health checks for um your engineering culture and so that kind of like piqued my interest because I find it very interesting how as a company as an organization as a team you can like make the intangible like the an engineering culture like more tangible um and therefore like evolve it more consciously um and the intangible of course being an engineering culture so um yeah so we kind of like picked out this as a topic for 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 this recording and um yeah so maybe you want to give a short 
overview maybe um, that um, like what you use health checks for and uh, yeah, what the purpose is um, that you do at Monzo? Yes. So um, I think before I go too deeply into the sort of process of health checks, it's useful to maybe get an idea of the lay of the land of how Monzo is set out as an engineering culture. Um, so the company is split into what we call collectives, which are essentially verticals, each focusing on a different part of business. Each collective has engineering squads. These squads are multidisciplined, so they'll be, they'll be back-end engineers, um, sometimes front-end engineers or web engineers, uh, QA engineers or designers. Um, they work within a squad um, and all chase one goal that's relevant to the collective that they're set into. Um, where engineering managers sit in that is we have a few engineering managers per collective. Um, we're not necessarily assigned to one squad, but we look after certain squads. Um, so for instance, in my collective, which is operations, there are six squads. Um, I sort of look after two of them. So that's just to ensure the welfare of the squad, to make sure there's no blockers, um, to make sure nothing's slowing them down and to make sure the team is performing to the best of their ability. The idea of health checks was originally brought to us by one of my, or two of my colleagues. Um, so Alan and Oz, who are engineering managers in a different collective. However, we share ideas amongst the engineering managers as a group. They came from, so Alan worked at Spotify before and Oz worked at Atlassian, who are both very hot on health checks and, and engineering culture. And they bought their ideas from these cultures and sort of created a new model um, relevant to Monzo. And that's something that was given to the engineering managers and we've taken them away to our own collectives and sort of tweaked them and got to use them. Um, yeah, and that's, I guess that's how it started. The purpose of a health check is just to make sure that the team that you're looking after and performing the health check with is happy, that there's nothing that is slowing them down and that generally they're a, a happy and healthy team. Mm -hmm. So, so what are like possible, um, like met metrics, I, I don't know, what do you call them metrics, um, that, that you evaluate within the health check or what, what are like the dimensions, maybe that's a better word, um, that you're trying to yeah, gauge with, with the health check. So we bring a health check to a squad, um, it's made up of a set of questions, um, each regarding a different topic. Um, each member of the squad can then vote positively, um, negatively, or that they don't feel any way particular about a certain question. So really it's a, a positive answer, a negative answer, or just a, a neutral answer. Um, and that's, I guess, the metrics behind the questions. Um, so we, we, we work through the, the questions as a team. When we get to the end, we've got a set of results. So what we're looking for basically is negative results. Um, and that flags up an area that we would potentially need to concentrate in or to dive a little bit deeper into as engineering managers and as a team. Um, we found that it's useful for the team to be aware of the results as well, um, particularly if there's maybe one or two members of that team that are feeling different to the rest of the team. Um, the rest of the team can sort of help out in that area and maybe um, 
help the 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 team members that are feeling more negative about a certain statement um, and make their life a little bit better. Mm -hmm. When when you just said um, that um, you work through the um, set of questions as a team, um, do you like answer the do you do like a do you fill out the questions, um, give the answers um, like in a in a in a setting um, or in a session? Sorry, in a session where you sit together as a team, or how how can I? Or is it like a questionnaire that you send around like a Google form or I don't know? So originally it was an exercise that we did as a team. So an engineering manager would sit down with the rest of the squad. Um, there'd be a set of questions. They'd work through them one by one, allowing um, the team to vote on each question and then having some discussion after they'd voted. However, we found, and this was something specific to our collective um, and my other colleague, who is an engineering manager in the operations collective that um, works alongside me, Lucilla. Um, we devised a, a method to undergo these health checks where people can vote anonymously. Um, this is to ensure that if people maybe weren't feeling psychologic, psychologically safe enough to be truthful with their answers, that we get a more, I guess, honest result. Um, so the method that we use now is people are sent a a form um, they can work through the questions and we do that as a group um, but people are logging their answers online so no one's aware of anything else that anyone else has voted we wanted to avoid a situation where specifically a question like I can trust my squad members to get the job done maybe one person might not trust the squad members but wouldn't feel safe enough to give a negative answer to that because they'd be the one that had given a bad result um, it's not a comfortable position to be in for most people, I would imagine. Um, so being able to vote anonymously, but still getting to, I guess, see the the end result of that has been super powerful. You've you already kind of like mentioned mentioned the question just now um, with um, like, can I trust my squad members to get the job done? I think it was. Um, Can you can you maybe also share like one or two other questions like to get a feeling for the culture? I, I think you I, I think um, at least like the the podcast that I listened to where Sally appeared um, was about um, like engineering culture, and I think um, and I'm not 100 sure of like what what are you trying to measure or what are you using health checks for? Like, is it for the culture? Um, is it for something else um, or both or more <laughs> yeah yeah so it's I think primarily it's for the culture um, so whether people are feeling included whether they feel safe to be themselves within the team um, but it's also for performance so it'll focus on more technical things um, so for instance let me pull one up here um, I'm happy with how we manage our technical debt as a team our code is safe to deploy um, and they're amongst more, I guess, culture-based questions like I feel safe to be myself or I enjoy what we're currently working on. Um, equally as important, I think if someone didn't feel safe to be themselves in a team, that would be concerning. Um, equally, if people weren't feeling safe to deploy their code, that would be concerning. Um, so equally as important for us. Monzo has a really great culture of diversity and inclusion, um, and that's super important and this is why we've included it into the health check um, because if people aren't feeling safe to be themselves 
if they're not feeling included or if they can't trust people to get things done, then we would not want to know about it. And that's something that we're quite well placed as engineering managers to be able to to solve, I guess. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so how can um, or how how often like do you ask these um, or let the people fill out the, the questions? Um, is it like once a month or once a week or? So we're we're aiming now to do it roughly once a quarter. Um, I think if we wanted, if there was a particularly bad result, I guess, or if there was a tough result, um, or if a team were maybe in not such a good space, we would want to do it more to make sure that we we're on top of these things. But as a default, it's run once a quarter. Um, the intention is that engineering managers are facilitating these to begin with, but eventually it will be something that we can hand over to squads to run themselves with their, amongst engineers, um, a product owner, um, as something that they can do away from relying on an engineering manager to facilitate. Yeah, makes sense. As, as with all, all these kinds of things, you really have to figure out a way that's specific for your team, company, or collective. Yeah. So and there it makes yeah yeah definitely yeah i i i sorry i i guess i wanted to add to that because i think that's really a good point um we're not expecting the results or even every team to find these super valuable um like you just said it's about finding what works per team so whether one team maybe don't need that every quarter or one team feel they need it once a month um it's about finding what works best for that squad um whether they like it as an exercise or whether they don't i think that as well that's um super important um i it's been more effective for certain squads than it has for others i think squads that are super high performing and really trust each other and have a positive outcome on each question it's i guess it's a it's a confidence boost but you don't necessarily get the value from that from a um as opposed to a squad that's maybe got some negative answers thrown in there or maybe aren't quite as hot on a certain question as a, a high-performing team. Yeah, I think one thing that I struggle with the most when, when thinking about like how can can a team or yeah any organization of any size like work with such a yeah, set of questions, such a health check, is that... Um, what do you do when you actually, I mean, that's kind of what you want, right? You want negative answers once in a while to, yeah. And even if it's just for knowing that, yeah, not everything is super awesome and people are still, um, like you said, feel safe enough to, to give negative answers. But um, do you already developed any kind of like strategies or do you have a feeling for how to handle like negative um um yeah answers um across the board like if one one squad or um team would come come out and say like okay we don't feel safe enough to um or if we we feel like i like this technical debt thing because it's so so broad <laughs> like um yeah we don't feel like um, we address technical debt properly um do you then just go to the team and ask them like okay cool how can we handle it um or do you um yeah yeah, it's it's definitely we're we're very keen to include the whole team. It's not something that management is just going to take away and then impose like 
a strict new rule on the team to maybe show them a way of correctly handling their technical debt. It's something that we want to work out together. Um, so we have quite in-depth discussions about some of these points after. Um, for instance, one of the first ones we ever did, the team, it came out that they were quite unhappy because they didn't have product owner in that instance. Um, this was something that the team were more than happy and open to speak about. And then that was resolved. More, I guess, when the answer is more involved in something like whether people aren't feeling safe, we put a huge amount on, of emphasis as engineering managers on building trust with the people that we are looking after or our reports. Um, I wouldn't, I would like to think that people, if they weren't feeling safe in the team and that was pulled up as a result of one of these health checks would be able to speak to a manager about it. And that's certainly as a manager, that's my priority in building those trusting relationships with people. Um, so even if they didn't feel safe in talking to the team, um, they could come to me, then that's something that we can work through together. Uh, it's a very open, transparent culture. So if something isn't right, we want to talk about it and fix it as a team. Um, yeah, it, to be honest, as of yet, there hasn't been too much that's been thrown up that is really concerning or isn't something that we haven't managed to to sort out working together. Um, yeah, we... Um, so all the results we we log them we have a um, so we have a like a, a system set up on um, the app Notion which we log all of the results for um, the health checks in. Other uh, it's worth noticing now that other squads don't see the results of other teams' health checks. This is something that squads can see their own results and then engineering managers um, can see the results as well. I think that breaks away from people comparing themselves to other teams and maybe feeling they're not doing so well. Um, that's that's not the intention of this exercise. It's just to focus on a certain team and help them overcome that problem. Yeah. When, when it also just occurred to me um, that it's kind of just doing that kind of like, yeah, exercise as you just call it, um, like um, doing these health checks um, and the way you do them is already um like also influencing your culture um like you can show to the team just by the way you how you do the, these kinds of things like these health checks and kind of questions you ask in them that already is a very strong signal to to any team um to anybody in in the organization like okay this is what we value and we value this way of dealing with this whatever comes up like we want to talk about it openly and you can really, you can really trust me. Um, I mean, this is it's always like a semi problematic, not, not problematic, but it, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's easy to say like, yeah, you can trust me. Um, but it's harder for people then to actually yeah, do that. Yeah, definitely. Now the fact that the company is so open, um, was one of the things that, drew me to Monzo. It's something that they they shout quite loudly about it. Um, if you read through any of their blog posts, the fact that they hold transparency and inclusion so close to their heart as a company, and it is so entwined in their culture was really appealing. Um, and throughout the company, that's, it's, I guess it, it's continued to be shouted about 
So even at a team level, exercises like this, people understand that that's the important thing, um, which is, it's awesome, to be honest. Like, as as a culture, you wouldn't want any more. Um, yeah, it's really great. Cool, cool. So um, you already mentioned a bit that, um, yeah, in the beginning, you um, you kind of facilitated these, um, the answering of the questions, and by now you switch to... Uh, yeah, more like questionnaire model um, where everybody answers on their own. Um, was there anything, um, any other way or dimension how the um, checks already like evolved since you introduced them? Um, I think the only thing is the way that we manage the results. The checks have stayed very much the same. We didn't want to, I guess, make the exercise more complex than it needed to be. Um, I think. One thing that we've evolved is we could un we could do these health checks as a squad. And that was great. There'd be a note taker um, whilst we were going through this exercise. And then those results, it would be hard to maybe communicate them to other engineering managers that were working in the same collective that maybe managed some of the people that were in that team. Um, that was getting a little bit lost. So as I touched on before, we have a system in Notion that houses all of these results. So there'll be, so there's essentially a table um, that lists all of the health checks as and when they happen, um, what we've, whether the squad is happy, whether they're neutral, whether they're unhappy, and then we house all of the notes in there. So it's visible to all of the engineering managers as well as the team that have undergone the, the, um, the health check. That's really the only thing that we've changed other than making the health checks um anonymous um we haven't found as of yet there's really anything else that's needed to be changed um yeah we're we're really happy with the way that they're run um and as i said at the start it's sort of the brainchild i guess from um my colleagues alan and oz who have come from engineering cultures where this has already been developed and they've sort of taken the best bits and then created our own um health check system so to speak uh, and it's been really really effective yeah I, i kind of like have this other question in my head but i feel like you kind of answered it already which is like um but maybe there is something else that that comes to your mind um so when um besides this example where you said like a team um yeah was missing a product owner so that was like one thing that came out of the health checks, like one kind of change that you, um, and were, was there any, any other, um, thing or aspects, any change that, uh, where you feel comfortable talking about, of course, um, that, that came, came out of, um, out of these checks? Yeah, certainly. Um, so another thing that's come out of the health checks and, from the the culture as a whole of, about people being open and people should be allowed to be themselves in a team um so one of the things that we've been doing in one of the teams that I work with is so at Monzo we have what we call work with me documents um I've not encountered them anywhere else but basically they're sort of a summary of exactly how people like to work so their working hours whether they're going to be in the office, whether they work from home, 
um, the, the sort of hours that they like to focus, whether you should walk up to them and speak to them when they're sort of got their headphones in, um, really specific things. I think that now, um, specifically, that people are working from home with the pandemic that's spreading the world, um, this has become more important. Um, so people that um, have children and are um, sort of juggling caring responsibilities with work responsibilities, um, we, we wanted to become a little bit more transparent and open about how each of the team members want to work. Um, so we've taken an action as a result uh, to update each of our work with us documents. Mine haven't necessarily changed so much personally. I work from home anyway, but people in the squad that maybe didn't work from home, now their hours have changed, now they're um, parenting during the day. Um, that's been something else that's been changed and that's really effective. And it, it just adds to the culture of inclusion and working with people and allowing people to feel themselves. We wouldn't want anyone to ever feel as though their parenting responsibilities weren't necessarily as important as their work responsibilities. And we want to cater for that. And we don't want maybe the team to be hassling someone when unnecessarily, because if they'd have been open and had this sort of information that they don't work between 12 and three because they're looking after the kids and someone sends a message just during those times, um, I think that's super important as well, especially now. But yeah, all the time. It's just a good practice that has come out of probably a bad situation that we'll, we'll look to continue moving forward. Um, yeah, as I said, that that's come out of a health check. People wanted to feel a little bit more aware as to how to cater for their team members, which is just really, really nice to see that people are thinking like that. Yeah, that that sounds awesome. Like, yeah, cater towards other others' needs, um, which is yeah, basically what's behind that, I guess. Um, you you just talking about like the pandemic and your different way of working um, reminded me that um, I assume you you as a manager are doing like um, pretty um, a lot of one on ones and regular one on ones with your um, people on your your squad um, and um, has the um, have the results from the health checks or the health checks themselves somehow been um, like part of I, I guess they they probably have been part of one-on-ones but um yeah how how may maybe how some of your um yeah one-on-one -on -one conversations that you have with people um how they might might have um influenced changed or um affected the the health checks or um maybe even some some of the questions that came out of um like what some of the questions that you then used in the health checks if they maybe um came came out of conversations with people um like maybe even one-on-one -on -one style yeah i i think that's that's definitely something that we're probably going to think about um so we're due to do health checks in a few weeks um so we haven't done one since the pandemic um so i think going back to sort of one-on-one -on -one conversations I think generally the feeling with people is that they're I think people specifically that don't have the experience of working from home maybe full-time the thing they seem to be struggling with at the minute is overworking and it makes it 
all the more easy just to pick up your laptop and sort of sit on the sofa and work until seven, eight o'clock at night. And that's something that we really want to try and avoid. Um, I think it's it's easier to avoid doing that when you're commuting and when you've got the sort of morning commute and the afternoon commute and people around you to say, maybe you should go home now if you're in the office quite late. Um, yeah, that seems to be something that's come up consistently. Um, that's what I'm thinking about at the minute. And that's something that I would like to include in the health check for the next round. Um, but the beauty of, of it is, is we can add and take away questions that are maybe more relevant at a particular time. So that's definitely something that's relevant now, but might not be next round. Um, but yeah, it is, um, it is something that I'm thinking about and um, looking to change purely based on the, the pandemic. Cool. So, um, yeah, I, I think I have a much, much better idea, idea of um, like how health checks can, can look like and how they can be used. And it, it even sounds easy to get started with, actually, like um, before I had this maybe yeah way too complicated idea of them in my head on how, how to introduce them and, and so on. But actually, it sounds pretty straightforward. And, and as so often with these things, I think... Um, yeah, the beauty lies in the process of, of doing it and also, of course, in the actual result, but also in the simply the way of doing it. Definitely. And I, th I think the, the thing to remember is if you're announcing anything, um, it's just to be, we make a, a really big effort to highlight what the reasoning behind these checks are and what they are and what they aren't. Um, so we'll go over this every time we do it. Um, so we want to specifically say what this isn't doing. Um, so for here, for example, I, I have a few notes on the slide that usually I, I run through with the teams. Survey results are not to draw general conclusions from without deeper discussion. Um, this is not a means of grading squads. This is not means of comparing squads to one another. Um, and this is not meant to take place in regular discussions about how to improve within your squad or within the collective. I think the concept is easy to introduce and it's easy to pick up and get started. I think the most, the thing that has the potential to go the most wrong is people not feeling safe if you're introducing maybe exercises and rituals without explaining exactly what they're for and what the outcome of that is going to be. Because if, I guess if you, if you just sat down with a team and went through these questions, people could feel nervous exactly about what the intention of that is and whether those people are going to be reflected on badly if the outcome is bad. And again, that's that's definitely not the intention. And we've made it really explicit that that's not what we're trying to do with the teams. So yeah, it's it, very easy to sort of introduce and get started with them. But um, I think attention should be put on how they're delivered and exactly what the expectations are when you're doing so yeah 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 exactly and some similar to what i said earlier already like i find it beautiful like all the words that you just used and they they can signal they can send a very strong signal towards people like okay yeah we're really thinking about what we're doing and we're really trying to um, to make this right, to really create a culture of trust and, um, yeah, not, not judging and um, not blaming and all this. And yeah. And like you said, the, 
the way you introduce it is is important, but also not complicated. Um, like, I mean, simply thinking about like what what is the intention yeah. behind this yeah, and definitely. writing it down. Um, like, doesn't have to be like a not even a, like a two two day or one day thing. It's simply something that you yeah sit down and write it down and maybe reflect on on it a bit with a colleague or so. Yeah. So um, again, super interesting. Um, thank thank you very very much for for the insights. That was. Yes. Um, very very enlightening. Um, any any last words that you want to share with the listeners? Maybe you can plug your newsletter. <laughs> Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, yeah. So if you want to see, I mean, I'm I'm writing openly about diversity, inclusion, engineering, culture. Um, so if you want to subscribe to the newsletter, that would be massively appreciated. I think there's a link to it. Um, in the show notes, on, yes. Yeah. In the show notes. Um, but it's james with two e's dot substack.com. Um, releasing uh, an article each week um, purely based on sort of engineering culture. And that would be massively appreciated if you could subscribe to that. That would be awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, like I said, um, I'm already subscribed and you should too. Um, of course, you meaning you, the listeners. Um, Thanks again, James. That was very, very interesting and very much appreciated. And um, yeah, have a good time. Take care. Thank you. Cheers, Benjamin.